welcome to the People's Wrestling Podcast, or welcome back if you are a previous listener of our audio-only stuff. Um, what we're doing at the moment, or what we're trying now for 2021, where everything's changed, everyone is not where we would like to be uh, in the same room. We're starting out on YouTube for the first time ever, so hi to you all. Um, as you can see, there's three of us, so for those of you who don't know us, my name is Aiden. I will be taking over the host duties from Ali, who previously would do it when he could be bothered. Um, uh, a little about me, I'm 25, so I'm the youngest of the group. Um, I started watching wrestling very uh, very young, I guess, basically from when I was born, because Ali, who is my brother, um, was also watching it. So, yeah, I've been watching since probably around about late 90s, 2000-ish. Um, I watched a shit ton of it throughout the uh, 2000s, and then kind of lapsed a little bit in the early couple years of 2010 to about 2012. But then since then, I've been pretty much regular, and we've been doing the podcast now for nearly four years. Three, three and a half years since August 2017 was our first episode. Um, this, uh, I think we, I have no idea what episode number this is, but I think... <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah. We're getting we're getting there. We we haven't done an episode for those of you who haven't listened. Um, we haven't done an episode since March twenty twenty. Um, since coronavirus, which is why I think. No, I'm, gonna say, I'm not sure what happened around that sort of time that made us yeah. all recording, but something did. Can't quite put my finger on it. We just got you know busy. You know, other things happen. Um, plans change. Exactly. Um, but no, we haven't done an episode since March. Um, where the last thing we did was review the Elimination Chamber pay per view. So that's. Can't even remember it. That's why um, we are currently trying out this YouTube thing. So we're all apart. We're going to have to do it over a, uh, a Google Meets call in this instance. Um, so we thought we might as well record and try something new. Yes, exactly. Use Google Meets, it's good. Um, so that's a bit about me and a bit about the podcast and a bit about Google Meets. Uh, so, um, Ali, would you mind just giving, yourself, uh, giving the, the listeners a little bit of a description about yourself and how you fell in and out of love with wrestling? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, so as a, uh, so gleefully mentioned earlier, uh, he's taken over hosting detail at foreseeable from myself who used to host in previous episodes most of the time I was host apart from when I was on my, one of my occasional holidays I say occasional because they feel like a lifetime ago now uh, I am not 25 as I again pointed out uh, I'm a significantly older I am actually 32 believe it or not yeah. but uh, yeah I, uh, I started watching wrestling um, probably one of my earliest memories in fact of my whole entire life is that's how long ago it was since I started wrestling. Um, one of the earliest ones um, for me was Royal Rumble in 1994, which, looking back on things, hasn't aged particularly well or gracefully. Um, but it was a significant memory for me because I remember being absolutely scared of The Undertaker, and that was his cast match of uh, Yokozuna at that pay-per-view where he famously ascended to the heavens 
Um, yeah, I, uh, I sort of fell out of love for wrestling. Well, I say fell out of love. I grew out of it. Uh, when I was about eight. for wrestling. Yeah, uh, I went to university and was introduced to nightlife and drinks and things like that. Who knew? Um, apparently there was something else in the world. But um, yeah, I, I would say I didn't properly become reinvested in wrestling until um, Aiden pointed me in the direction of a little something called Daniel Bryan. Um, that, that storyline revolving around him and the authority and heading into WrestleMania 30. In fact, I think it may have just been after WrestleMania 30, actually. So I never really got to see that in its full glory. But ever since then, I've been a you know, fully paid up member of the WWE Universe. Um, and, you know, this year's been tough. Last couple of years have been tough. But hey, you used to say bigger things aren't around the corner, right? Yeah, I think it's probably around about the inception of the WWE Network that I think helped pull you back in. Um, but yeah, I think that that also helped me when I was first kind of getting back into it. I started getting back into it a couple of years before the network came out. So I was looking at old pay-per-views and stuff online and just thought I, I didn't have a lot to do with my spare time. The old days where you'd go, on, you'd go online and try and find them. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think I didn't have a VHS player anymore so I could watch my recordings from TV. <laughs> um, so yeah, that... That, that's the story of, of Ali uh, and, and myself. Um, but Matt, um, who, by the way, is both Ali and I's cousin, um, is also... I thought you were going to go with the oldest member of the group. Who is the <laughs> oldest member you. of the group. Um, Matt, would you like to uh, share a little bit about yourself for our new or lapsed or recurring listeners? Yep, so I'm Matt, I'm 35. Ooh, so it's no wrong to be saying that. Um, I've been watching since I got a videotape in 1993 of King of the Ring and fell in love with Bret Hart straight away. Uh, I like that. That was my inception into the WWE and then I have been a fan ever since. I've never grown out of it. <laughs> you I, are found, the I found that you could get pissed and watch wrestling. It was great. <laughs> I've only recently discovered this. <laughs> so sometimes it's better when you're pissed because yeah. sometimes it's shit. Yeah, to be honest, I think it's considerably better when you're pissed. And Ali's also discovered the art of watching wrestling, getting pissed, and falling asleep <laughs> mid WrestleMania. So that's a, a triumph for it. In my defence, it was Brock versus Roman. Yeah, only the main event that we've been up for <laughs> almost 24 hours for. Um, but spe- speaking of WrestleMania, we um, Matt has been to two of them. One of them was with us. Uh, we went. In, the other one was with Steve. We went to. Hi, Steve. <laughs> we went to. We have the distinct honour of going to the last WrestleMania with a crowd. Almost two years old. You're two years ago. Which seems like a lifetime ago. I know, it's so, when I think of it, I think, oh God, how long ago was that? And then I think, actually, it wasn't even quite two years ago yet. It just seems ridiculous. Yeah, I know. It's crazy to think about. Um, but, yeah, we went to WrestleMania. We'll do um, closer to the time to WrestleMania. Um, we'll talk about our time. There's what we can and can't remember. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I also discovered uh, drinking during wrestling. Um, <laughs> on that one night. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't a new thing to me. It was just uh, there was a lot more of it that night. <laughs> uh, there wasn't even that. There wasn't even a lot more of it. It was just um, probably an equal amount of it crammed into a shorter time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Not that anyone would describe WrestleMania as a short time. No. <laughs> Um, it was fucking cold. Time. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Uh, so yeah, we'll um, we'll touch on that in a future episode for those of you who are interested. Um, uh, but that's not the uh, the topic that we're going to be discussing today. Obviously, the thing. Also, I'd, throw out, I'd like to throw out that I'm the only one that has wrestling belts as well. So I'm definitely a lifer. I'm the only one that has four belts. You've, you've certainly invested way more of your money and time into wrestling than probably myself and Aiden have over the course of our lives. So. Yes, yes, I imagine I have. Yeah, that's, that's a um, undisputed. Anyway. Well, not collection in a future episode, but I reckon. Yeah, it's coming. It's not that impressive, but. <laughs> WrestleMania or Championship Belts isn't the topic that we're going to be talking about today. The main thing we're going to be discussing, of course, is the Royal Rumble, because we're in late January, it's Royal Rumble season, which then obviously leads us down to the road to WrestleMania. Um, My second favourite pay-per-view? The Royal Rumble? Yep. I, I, bloody love, I love the Royal Rumble. I, like, it's always the thing I'm most excited for, to be honest. I mean, who doesn't love a, ten, a countdown from 10 and then a massive alarm at the end? Half <laughs> in the morning when you're waking up, and then someone's shit coming out. Unless it's a, uh, unless it's a Iron Man match with several and Dolph Ziggler, where the crowd decides to do it every minute on the minute to the point where they get rid of the scoreboard. Um, <laughs> and yeah, in that case, we don't love a, uh, <laughs> a ten ten countdown. But uh, yeah, so we're going to be talking about the Royal Rumble. Um, we're not just talking about. 2021's Royal Rumble. We will get onto that later on. We'll do some some predictions on certain elements of Rumble matches. Um, what we're going to start off with, though, is um, what we decided to do was talk about, as we are of varying ages, Matt being the oldest, Ali in the middle, and me the youngest, we would take Rumble matches from three different decades, pick the best one of that decade, or what we think is the best one of that decade, Pit them against each other and see which one comes out on top, really. I really shot myself in the foot with this one. That was <laughs> it was your idea. You gave yourself the 90s category. So, so yeah, so as, as Matt is the oldest, he went for, he picked the 90s. Um, Ali gets to choose a Rumble match from the 2000s, and I choose one from the 2010s. Um, sh- shall we do this in, in chronological order? Start with yeah, start Okay, so Matt, you had a Royal Rumble. This is just a match, not the whole pay-per-view. Um, so Matt, you have chosen which Rumble match? 1992. I thought it was the only one that I could pick. It was the best out of the lot. Um, it was the first time that the WWF at the time title was on the line for the winner. So that going into it was pretty big. 
I mean, we had some big names in it. Say again? Only replicated once, right, with Roman Reigns? Or have they done it another time? I think it's just that time. Yeah, it's only been done another time. Uh, We had some big names in it. We had Undertaker in it. We had HBK, British Bulldog, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Jake the Snake, Million Dollar Man, Rally Rally Piper, Big Boss Man. And obviously, um, it came down to the final four of Macho Man, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, and Sid Vicious at the time, I think it was. I'm not sure if it was Sid Vicious or Sid Justice. I never know when he changed over. No. I mean, Sid. I don't know. It wasn't Psycho Sid yet. Yeah, it wasn't Psycho Sid yet. But out of all of them four, Ric Flair ended up winning. After coming in at Which, number three. Uh, coming in at number three. I, I mean, the story that was told throughout the commentary between Bobby the Brain Heen and then Gorilla Monsoon was some top-notch commentary. I think if you could get them to comment on this year's, it would be fantastic. I think them two were... Say again. No mean feat to get them to commentate on this year's Rumble. Well, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, both of them have passed away. I mean, weirder things have happened in the last year or so. Hey, yeah, We'll do a Kanye and we'll just get a hologram of dead yes. wrestling announcers <laughs> get them to talk about how great we are. And also has one of the best promos at the end. Yeah, it's, it's, quite, it's quite rare. It is iconic. Yeah, it's iconic and it's also quite rare, I think, for a, a, a Royal Rumble winner to do a promo after the match. It doesn't tend, It doesn't really happen. Especially these days, it tends to just be the celebration that closes the show. Um, and the point to the sign. The fireworks and all that stuff. On that pay-per-view, was the Raw Rumble match the last match on the card? Yes. It's interesting that they didn't do the whole promo backstage afterwards. Because uh, it, it would feel slightly anticlimactic, I think. Um, well, I think, to be honest, that the winner just sort of got pushed to the back. Because the big story was... Hogan and Vicious in the ring like fighting at the end. Hogan so they sort of just went they sort of just went, Alright, Ric Flair's going now, he's the champion, and then they did a whole thing backstage with him. Is it like Which uh, is better? A bit like after the Montreal screw job when they were like, Sean wins, let's go. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. <laughs> um yeah. So yeah, I think it is is very well known and one of the most popular rumbles. Um, you think of the poster, you can see all of the the legendary entrance in the Rumble. I mean, you've got, like you mentioned, you've got British Bulldog, Ted DiBiase, Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, uh, fucking Rod Pipe, Roddy Piper, Jake Roberts, Jimmy Snooker, Undertaker, Randy Savage, Virgil. I mean, you've got some shit ones in there as well. The oh. Barbarian, the Warlord. Yeah, there's, there's a Hercules. <laughs> there's a few. Um, but yeah, the, overall it is quite well regarded. Um, I, f- I don't know, it was the first time, because Ric Flair went an hour and two seconds. It was the first time someone went over an he hour. Was the, I don't he know was the back, longest up to that point. Yeah. So, um, historic in terms because, of that sense. Because, uh, it does mention that... Um, I think it was 
I can't think of it was. Someone the year before had gone 49 minutes. I know Backlund did a really long one. I think that might be. We just have a quick look. Bob Backlund. I don't think it was Bob Backlund. Rick Martell did 52 17. Rick Martell, yeah, that's it. I think he came second in the year before. Yeah, he did. Who? Rick Martell. Or at least in one of the previous rebels he did. I don't know, I've closed the Wikipedia page, I can't remember off the top of my head. I'll find that out. There were some other good good stories in some rumbles. Uh, 98, 99 were pretty good. With Stone Cold. Yeah, 98 is the one that sticks out in my mind, I think, as one that I thought might push 92 close for you. Yeah, yeah they, that was the one that I thought. I thought don't go obvious, but then when I actually watched the back, I was like, oh, "I've got to go with this one." Ninety-eight, I guess, was one of the one of the first examples, at least that I can remember, um, excluding this ninety-two one, of a story going into and also during the Rumble match of yeah. uh, the bounty. Which I like. Home I like that there's a story. Yeah, yeah. I I think the Rumbles are much better when there's a story or a thread that goes all the way through, and yeah. Because this this was the, the year that Stone Cold had that bounty on him, wasn't it? Was it? That was 99. Uh, 99, yeah. But everyone <laughs> wanted to beat him in 98. Like, he, yeah, that, that's, he pissed a lot of people off going into it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's what I mean, yeah. And then that was also um, one of the earlier examples. That was kind of like a breakout performance for The Rock. Because he, he came to the final two, didn't he? He'd been yeah. in it for like 45 minutes. And, um, and he'd also wrestled. Earlier in the night as well. Yeah. So, um, quite impressive stuff when you think about it. Um, but yeah, I don't, the rock. I don't really think there's any... Oh, yeah, we should probably mention that now. Um, Matt is one of the few people on Earth who doesn't like The Rock. Thinks The Rock's a prick. It's yeah. almost become a, a sort of moniker for you, hasn't it, Matt? It's, it's, your, it's your go-to, it's your gimmick that you are the guy who hates The Rock. I am the guy that hates the rock. There the are rock many who, who transcends the wrestling business and, and probably is now more, even more well known for his acting skills. Um, and generally known as being a lovely guy. You just can't stand. He's a prick. <laughs> we were just talking about um just before. And he sucks as a movie star as well. <laughs> I mean, we were just talking about just before we started recording um, that Matt wanted a um, was considering getting knuckle tattoos. Um, I reckon you should get fuck rock. Moving to the palms for that. Um, so yeah, there's there's a reason why uh, Matt hates the Rock, uh, or multiple reasons why Matt hates the Rock. Um, we'll leave it for your interpretation, for your imagination, for now. I mean, I can do a whole episode. I might even do a whole episode of why I fucking hate the Rock. We'll do an episode where um, you 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 do a point on things you don't like about The Rock and Ali and I will counter it with things we do like and then we'll just go back and forth for however long we can. Oh, I reckon I can roll off more things I hate about him than you like. Yeah, I think you are considerably more passionate about the subject than, <laughs> than, uh, yeah. than I would be. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't I think he's quite cool. But, you know. Fuck Dwayne Johnson, he's a prick. Each to their own. Um... So anyway, yeah, Matt, Matt's choice of 92 Rumble, I think, is a pretty good one to start us off with. Is it the best one of all time when you look at it as a match? 
I don't know. Probably Ali. not. Ali well, were... I gave myself the yeah. <laughs> shit off of doing the 90s. Yeah, self-inflicted. So, uh, not, to be not fair, I wanted to go back and watch and think, oh, I remember watching these when I was a kid. But yeah, how blind was I to wrestling when I was a kid? <laughs> I find that a lot. I, I was like, oh, this thing was so awesome. And then I go back and I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, oh, this is shit. Um, but every now and then you get one where you think, oh shit, that was so cool as a kid. And then you're like, oh my God, this is still so cool. Um, but yeah, I think I think the Royal Rumble holds up. But is it better than Ali or Ali's or, or my Royal Rumble pick? So we'll go next to the 2000s um, with Ali and your pick. Um, I think there's a few decent Rumbles to choose from this year. Um, they really stepped up this in, in, in this decade, I mean. Um, so... Which one have you gone for and why? Well, so, um, kind of picking up where Matt left off with the 90s, um, talking about the sort of 98, 99 rubbles, they were the first ones really to come with a story. Um, the, the ones preceding that, aside from probably 92, where the story solely was winning the WWF title, um, the ones in the early 2000s specifically, there really was a sort of increase in the amount of storytelling going on in the actual Rumble match itself. Um, so, you know, there, there was quite a few options. So the past week or so, I've been going back over the, the 2000s and, and reliving what would be my, I guess, my teenage wrestling memories. Um, and, you know, there's, there's one real standout Royal Rumble that everybody, you know, would probably pick because it's generally seen as, if not the best, at least, up there with the best rumbles ever, um, and that's 2001. Now I can see why, um, but what I wanted to do today was not be so obvious. Um, so in, in my research, I've done, I because personally I remember 2001 being a great rumble. We did an episode back in the day on, on it. I think when Matt was away one week, myself and Aidan, we did one. Check that out in the archives. Yeah, um, it's a great rumble, no doubt about it. But great Rumble as a whole as well, but great pain, not just great like a one-man show. But, um, I mean, just running down the entrance uh, in the actual Rumble match itself in 2001, I mean, uh, what I did realise is there's, there's a lot of big stars in it, but there's also a lot of filler. Uh, and actually, when that filler was, was sort of basically the whole Rumble match, Maybe it's not as good as people remember. So there's a reason why I've chosen a different Rumble, and I'll go into it. But um, just listing some of the entrants from that Rumble, I mean, Kane, The Rock, Big Show, The Undertaker, and Stone Cold are the big, big stars. And Kane, really with a lot of breakout performance, because it, you know, he'd been in the WWE for four years by then, but longer if you count Isaac Yankin. Um, but, you know, with the record elimination. Spoiler alert, Jesus. <laughs> I know. It's, it, they are the same, man. Um, but what you also ended up with was a large periods of time between those stars. So Kane came in at 6 and then a Rock came in at 13. In between then you had Raven, Al Snow, Saturn, Steve Blackman, Grandmaster Sensei and the Hockey Top Man. Uh, yeah. But did they turn it hardcore? <laughs> they did. It was, you know, that was the first time. That was interesting, entertaining. And then between the Rock and the Big Show, there's 10 places. And that's The Good Father, Taz, Bradshaw, Albert, Hardcore Holly, Kate Quick, Val Venus, William Regal, and Test. And 
Nicholas Crash Holly, Petrini on the Sofa and Stone Cold as Scotty Zuhotti, ending with Billy Gunn, Haku and Rikishi as the final three entrants. I think if you take away Stone Cold, uh, the, the Rock, that's the Kane Undertaker story throughout, you're really left with a pretty poor roster. Not poor as yeah, you've got to have some shitty filler. You have. You have to have, have, have some shitty filler. And you've also got to remember, um, in, in this show, you, uh, you didn't get wrestlers performing double duty. So the ones who weren't included were, you had Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit in an Intercontinental Championship match. Oh, we're throwing his name out He did exist. Um, and you've also got Kurt Angle versus Triple H as well for the world title. So those are four of the era for... Um, Four stars that obviously would have been in that match should they if they didn't have other prior commitments, which would have fleshed out the field with a bit more quality or star power, you might say. Um, yeah, for sure. So there, there is that element of four, at least four of guys, and um, with the Undertaker being injured as well, um, a couple of guys not being able to make the match. Um, but yeah, I think they still did pretty well um, to to make it feel like a big deal. Um, I think I think the the spacing them out probably helped with that because um, if you had two of them if you had two of the big ones come in like two or three entrants apart then you've got like fifteen in a row of nobodies really then it'd be a bit more boring but I think they, the spacing out was probably necessary. So yeah, what have yeah. I done with? So um, I didn't feel like I could go with two thousand just for obvious reasons. Um, it was actually a very good match. It's a very good rumble. Uh, so I've actually gone with 2005. Um, the reason being, I've got to run down probably the list of uh, big stars. Well, the only, the only reason you've got a list is, is Vince's quads. <laughs> the, uh, the actual list of competitors um, probably reads more impressive nowadays than it did back then. But I'll tell you why. So one and two, we had uh, experienced wrestler and getting to do it in front of a crowd and not getting in trouble for it but I couldn't think of anything better
the house show circuit and then had been bragging to his friends about it uh, as if it was real <laughs> or as if it was not predetermined. Uh, so, yeah, you got Jimmy oh, Yang, uh, yeah. Jimmy, was it Jimmy Wang Yang to help her to, uh, to thank for Daniel Pugh getting his ass beat like that because they were riding together and he snitched on him to Ark Holly. So, <laughs> um, well, so moving on from that, you've got Edge of Roman Stereo coming in at 7 and 8 and Booker T at 10. Between then, you've got Shelf Benjamin as well, so no slouch. Um, Booker T then Jericho and then there is a bit of a lull but the good thing they did was they stuck um, Mohammed Hassan in it um, who at that time was getting nuclear heat um, from the crowd um, and then I should mention that I think this rumble was in uh, Philly was it Philly? I'm not sure actually I know it was in Fresno, California but the crowd was the crowd was um, well up for everything including Amateur Sand getting his absolute ass kicked by everybody in the Royal Rumble, so a feel good part of the Royal Rumble. Um, then, slightly after that, you had Simon D. Again, not a big star, not potentially not a very good wrestler, but a funny, funny part where he did some squats, set a warm up on the outside, only for sure Michaels to eliminate him, and then jump around the ring doing squats. Funny stuff. This is one of the things uh, I was going to say. Funny shit. I feel, I, I feel like every good Rumble has bit of comedy like at least one funny element to it i'll get to mine later on when we talk about mine but mine definitely has that mine was hulk hogan having a tantrum <laughs> there's many of those you can pick up um, um one of them sorry you go actually no I'll, I'll, I'll let you continue in case you you touch on it say if you were if you were disappointed by Kurt Angle only lasting 37 seconds when he came in like a house of fire and looked like he was going to absolutely destroy everyone um, if you were disappointed at him getting eliminated so quickly the program and subsequent Wrestlemania match I think more than makes up for that <laughs> someone is too good or they they do something that is really good but it wasn't what they wanted so you're basically out the door exactly it's a bit ridiculous following on from that then John Cena and you know his second Royal Rumble I think it was um, this time coming into the match a strong favourite and a big fan favourite as well as US champion Smitsky then Kane and Batista now Batista uh, I didn't realise this at the time but then Batista was so over like the crowd were It's easy to forget as well that he was still part of Evolution and Heel Stable. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was still in Triple H, his band of brothers with Ric Flair as well. Yeah, just um, in the, those early signs of dis, discontent between the group and fans just latched onto them. 
Randy Orton had been, um, you know, pushed out of the group and the fact that he won Triple H and had the World Heavyweight Championship match on, on this card. Triple H won. Uh, okay, number two, so then the last two were Christian and Ric Flair. I mean, Ric Flair, you know, a legend, but at this point, not a real threat to win the Royal Rumble. Um, and now, the reason I sort of said earlier that the this Royal Rumble probably it reads more impressively now than it did back then is that lots of these people have gone on to become big stars, all of famous and legends. Uh, so Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, Edge, Booker T, uh, Shawn Michaels, Kurt Angle, Batista, all in the Hall of Fame, as far as I'm aware. There was many going on last year. But, you know, um, so, you know, at the time, it might not have felt like the most impressive roster, especially when you compare it to 2001, but actually looking back on it, I think it, it certainly more than holds its own. The ending, I mean, I can't not talk about the ending. Um, obviously, this is probably one of the more famous watches in WWE history. Infamous. I mean, yeah. they could only have wished for this when Bret Hart and Luger did it, and they, well, they didn't want it to happen in uh, when Big Show and The Rock did it. The Rock did it, yeah. But, uh, I mean, it was so, it was so perfectly uh, well, it's so perfectly executed botch that even though the camera, because Batista was meant to stay, you know, actually was meant to hold on to the ropes, the cameras were positioned to capture the elimination perfectly. And even with all those camera replays, you still cannot see if anyone touched the ground before or the other. It's, it's so perfectly done, even though it was complete accident. Because if, if you, think, if you think that if Cena or Batista had hit half a second earlier, and they've got clear replays showing that. Well, either A, wouldn't show the replays if it went against the result that they wanted, um, or, or B, they wouldn't be able to deny that Cena won the Royal Rumble. <laughs> um, but I think that's what pissed Vince McMahon off. There was no clear winner, and he couldn't go with that storyline. So again, the story I mean, it'd, it'd be quite easy to go with a storyline if someone hits first. Yeah. You can well, I, have a match and then sort it out. I think what makes but, it so good is how how well they improvise. I can't remember. I, remember. I think it was Bruce Pritchard or something on one of his podcasts talking about this and said how the whole um, Raw referees doing it with Batista and SmackDown and Fasina thing, one of the referees called that on the fly, I think. Yeah, so I was reading about, again, reading, reading some facts about this Raw Rumble match itself. Um, firstly, the thing that got been so pissed off, obviously the botch itself and the fact that Batista had the clear winner um, was that everyone was scram- scrambling around backstage looking for um, Eric Bischoff and or Teddy Long or both really and um, they were nowhere to be found no one could find them so, so fuck so it I'll do it myself had to come out himself and we all know what happened then um, have you not heard of what happened after well supposedly he only saw one quadricep getting into the ring his right one came when he was walking back he decided that he was you know he's been so bad so he's impervious to pain so he's just going to try and walk on it and as he did that he conversated really like, on that one <laughs> yeah but Edge just told a story that um, they were all backstage when it all happened and um, I think it was Michael Hayes told them all to fuck off because if he comes back through this he's going to be shit fucking small. pissed he said well, it's, so it's, if you want the current if you want to keep your jobs he said you might as well fuck off now <laughs> it's interesting to hear that from Edge's perspective because Edge was he was in the final he four was, uh, he was in the final three I believe Edge and he got eliminated before he was actually 
perfect place to see that elimination because he was sat right on the floor, right in front of him. And uh, you can see him walking back to the through the curtain as Vince McMahon comes out. And he is not happy. <laughs> he is just so not happy. He just, but anyway, he slides into the ring in just the weirdest way. He goes knees first. Right. He just cl- he completely clatters the ring. It's the second calamitous entrance into a ring uh, that I've seen watching the 2000 Royal Rumbles because uh, Pete Gass is the other famous one who, who, who tried to get into the ring in 2000 even though he wasn't part of it and um, ended up breaking his nose on the ropes because I think <laughs> it was Joey Abs. He, he kicked him with his leg as he sort of tried to get in broke his nose on the ropes and then Bradshaw absolutely annihilated him as well. You've got a broken nose and you don't, you know, you want to hide it. The last person you want to come across is Bradshaw. The last person is Bradshaw. Um, And in 2001, didn't, uh, oh no, it was 2000, wasn't it, where uh, Funaki nearly died? Okay, yeah, Watching that back, Jerry Lawler. It's the funniest thing he's ever Funniest thing he's ever seen. They replayed it about 10 times. JR even called him xenophobic because it's so yeah. it quite funny. But one thing I did want to mention about this rumble was the was actually the commentary. It's Taz and JR, um, and actually I think that really really helps it because it's a SmackDown versus Raw kind of dynamic. That was one of the uh, things I was. When you, up, was... when you end up with Batista and John Cena in your final two, you've got one green for one and rubbery for the other. It really added to it. So, so kudos to them. Yeah, so that was one of the things I wanted to say about this one was it was one of the early instances of a SmackDown and Raw split in a Rumble match. And I like having, I don't like it when it's too much and too strong where you've got the commentators being too biased towards their brand, especially like you get that sometimes at Survivor Series. But I do like the element of them slightly rooting for their guy a bit more, but can also like be impartial where needed. Um, Like I think when Simon Dean came out or something. Um, I think um, JR being like, oh, I don't claim this guy, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just shows how, how commentary can make or break a Royal Rumble. Yeah. Well, how many times do you remember famous calls from matches in general? Like, yeah. It's one is part of the, it's what I think JR says is the lyrics to the to the music that the, the wrestlers compose. So, um, yeah, it can. Uh, yeah. Uh, before I end up on this one, I just want to say give you some very interesting facts I found out. So, um, this World Rumble was actually the first which had a final four fully consistent of people who had never ever won a world championship in any promotion. So, the uh, final four being Cena, Batista, Edge, and Rey Mysterio. None of them had won any world championships anywhere. Um, the, the other fact I wanted to um, go through was a really unusual kind of streak between sort of the area of 2005 to the era that he's going to mention from 2010, which was that every time, well, every runner-up from 2005 to 2010 ended up in a WrestleMania title match anyway. Um, so, you know, maybe the second prize wasn't the worst. I mean, if you look at it from, from then on, Randy Orton in 2006, Shawn Michaels in 2007, Triple H in 2008, uh, Triple H in 2009, he actually won the belt before WrestleMania, so it was in the WrestleMania match. It's a product, I guess, of, or byproduct of the, the brand split, isn't it? Where um, it was very rare where two members of the same brand would be the final two. So likelihood is who, whoever doesn't win, you still came out on top for your brand in a way. So you're in a good position to go on and, uh, and put yourself in a prominent position for Mania. Yeah. 
But yeah, that, that was 2005 for me. I love 2001. In fact, what every Rumble I watched, even 2000 was even more fun and memorable than I remember it being, if that makes any sense. Um, you know, from 2005, I'd say up to 2007, they were all very, very good Rumbles. Up to and including? Yes, including. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it went for a bit of a, um, I guess... Resurgence in the two thousands, especially around the um, the ruthless aggression era. Um, I think the yeah the brand split helped. Um, you get the top top guys minus the title matches. You get the top guys from each brand in the type in the Royal matches. So yeah, I also think the the WrestleManias got bigger, so it meant more. more the in, Royal Rumble meant more. Yeah, more impetus. Um, well, they made too much more out of the the fact that the Rumble winner goes to WrestleMania for the main event. You know, I mean, the first one was 93, wasn't it? Um, I believe, with Matchman and Yokozuna at the end, where the reward was to go to the main event of Royal Rumble. But from that point onwards, they sort of, they didn't really touch on it too much um, up until sort of 97. And then from that point onwards, it was just, yeah, the main focus of the ring. And also, more more often than not, um, if they... If you win the Royal Rumble match to go to the main event of WrestleMania, you were in the main event of WrestleMania. <laughs> it wasn't. Like, it's a lot more common these days for the Royal Rumble, Royal Rumble winner to be in the first match of Mania or midway through the card or something like that. Famous. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, or Seth Rollins, for example, which to be fair was um, only a, a plan made about an hour before the show. So. Um, uh, yeah, it felt like a bit more of a big deal. Um, so yeah, I think that's a good, it's a good run. Probably an underrated one. You don't see a lot of people talk about. Um, the thing you probably see both most from that is either the finished botch or the Snitsky clothesline. So um, yeah, doesn't doesn't quite get the attention I think it deserves that one. Uh, right. Well, thanks guys for your um, your inputs and your opinions. Uh, I am going to move on to the 2010s now and prove to you why my one is better. Um, so you've got you've got a good few options to be there. There's a good few options. I I felt like especially throughout the the first half of 2000 the, the 2010s, um, it kind of fell off a bit. Um, too many, too many pointless legend returns, or um, they experimented with a forty-man rumble, which was wank. Um, it, it just didn't, it didn't quite feel the, the same um, as it did. And then you had the whole blue teaster or boo teaster um, incident. Um, Who would want to be him that night? I think Daniel Bryan. Um, yeah. There's a few decent ones to choose from, but it definitely the Royal Rumble matches definitely in the last couple of years have gotten, I think, considerably better. They, they, it seems like they've paid more attention to it again. Um, so the one that I've gone for was one that we all watched um, together in a bar in Milton Keynes, where both Ali and I live. Um, I'm going to go for the 2018 Royal Rumble. The men's Royal Rumble specifically, because this is the first instance where there was also a women's Rumble. Um, I remember while watching it, turning to Ali at the time and saying, is this a really good Rumble? And it felt like the first really good one in a while. Um, 
I thought I'd just, I'll go through why it was good. I rewatched it just the other day, obviously, in preparation for this. Make some notes. Um, one of the things I think is really good about it is I, I don't know how much you guys remember from it. Um, probably not. Probably a lot, actually, considering how much she was drunk at the time. <laughs> I was going to say, I drank a lot that night. I don't remember a lot about it. Well, one of the things I completely forgot um, and it all came flooding back to me when I watched this was so they do the whole they do the rules and then they they say um, here's entrant number one and then all you hear is Aiden in English <coughs> and the crowd just loses their mind and I forgot fucking hell Rusev day like, I completely forgot about that and just how how it was crazy how hot the crowd and this was in Philly as well so it obviously helps the crowd no. good crowd um, green t-shirt guy was there as always um, oh, uh, but yeah. <laughs> um, so we start off with Rusev number one introduced by in English Rusev day the crowd was nuts for Finn Balor in at number two I I kind of forgot until now not forgot that he did it but seeing it with a crowd makes you really remember how awesome his baby face entrance was with the whole lights and things and the arms in the air and um, like when a crowd is into it it's fucking awesome um this match is also good because there's a Spurs fan in the front row wearing a Spurs shirt. So I don't think any of yours has that. Um, no, I just put a weird Stevie Richards looking guy at the back of one of mine doing some weird Jeff Hardy movements through his hands at one point, completely taking away from the action in the ring. Was it not just Stevie Richards? Cause he... No, it wasn't. Do you know the John Morrison guy? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it also suggests John Morrison to do the... <laughs> His gimmick. Um, so yeah, crowd was hot all the way throughout. Um, it's in Philly, so obviously Rhino make, makes an appearance. Crowd like that. Cor- Corbin comes in. Um, I think yeah, Corbin comes in after the crowd boo the shit out of Baron Corbin, and he also eliminates Rhino. So there's massive boos for him, and then Balor eliminates him, and obviously the crowd go nuts. And this is where the funny bit comes in. So Baron Corbin obviously gets really pissed off. Has a hissy fit a la Hulk Hogan. He takes everyone out. He takes out Balor, he takes out Rusev, he takes out the, um, the other person in the match. Can't remember who it was. Then the countdown comes, and here comes Heath Slater. And I, I remember the reaction to all of to this story that plays out while we were watching this. Um, Heath Slater comes out, cocky as hell, because everyone's knocked out. He's thinking, this is the greatest survival opportunity. Turns around and gets completely walloped by Baron Corbin. <laughs> is <laughs> is down for however many minutes so you'd think there'd be a, a bit of a lull with no one being in the ring and nothing going on um, but the time between Baron Corbin taking him out and the next entrant is very short um, well it feels short than actually because the next entrant who comes out is Elias and this is that like peak heel Elias playing up against the crowd and as he's playing the guitar down to the ring, he kicks Heath Slater on the way down. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. <laughs> he gets into the ring, he starts cutting a promo, and he, he, he does a song about how he spat on the, the Rocky statue, and <laughs> the crowd go, and crowd go nuts. Um, I just made remember how easy it is to wind up American crowds. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It was good for Elias to get into the solo spotlight. It was quite unique as well. That, like everyone's still out at this point until the countdown comes on and who comes out? 
Andrade, for his main roster debut, who previously just defended the NXT title in WWE's first five-star match in 20, in 20 years. Which is... Yeah, which is crazy. Um, Bray Wyatt comes out at eight. I really miss old Bray Wyatt. I, I love the Fiend now, but I really miss old Bray Wyatt. He was one of the things that he um, hooked me back in. Um, he takes out his Slayer on the way down. <laughs> um, Ty Dillinger comes in at 10 again. Uh, um, for the second year in a row, but he gets taken out backstage before he comes down. So his music hits, but he doesn't come out. He gets taken out backstage by Sammy and, and Kevin Owens. And it made me, it made me do a bit of maths in my head. And Sammy Zayn's been a heel in the main roster now for over, for nearly three and a half years, which is about as long, if not longer, than he was a babyface for. Which is weird because I always think of Sammy Zayn as like perennial babyface, but not. Um, he takes out Kevin Owens. And that's funny how their roles are switched now as well. How KO is the, the good, is like uber babyface. Um, and Sammy is one of the main heels. Uh, so Sammy enters the match on Ty Dillinger's behalf, which uh, Byron Saxon is very furious about. And Shut up, Byron. Jerry, <laughs> Shut up, Byron. Jerry Lawler is on commentary for this match with Corey and Byron and Michael Cole. And um, earlier, uh, was, earlier in the match, Corey was talking about, like, um, how I've got to work with this guy and whatever, and Byron's really annoying. And JR and uh, Jerry Lawler says, um, oh, well, um, I used to work with JR uh, or Jim Ross. We called him by his initials, JR, so you can call Byron by his, BS. Um, which in itself is a relatively funny line. Then later on in the show, and Cena's in the match, which we'll get to, um, Jerry Lawler's talking about Cena doesn't, ha- Cena doesn't have to do this. He doesn't have to be in this match. He's got the movies. He's got Hollywood. He's got all of this. And while he's saying that, Corey chimes in and basically tries to make the same point that Jerry Lawler's making, but faster. So he's like, yeah, but he wants to because he's a winner, he's a champion. And then JR, uh, I keep saying JR, King thinks that as Byron. He's like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. Shut up, BS. <laughs> and Byron, Corey, and Michael Cole at the same time all just go, what? <laughs> this is really awkward, but really funny. Um, so yeah, a bit of a commentary bounce there. Um, That's a bit of commentary bounce. Love it. Um, Seamus comes out. Uh, he, well, Sammy comes down and takes out Heath Slater on the way down. Seamus comes out, he picks up Heath, gets him back into the ring. Heath Slater turns around and immediately eliminates Seamus. The crowd goes insane. Seamus is literally in for less than two seconds. And I remember turning to you in Ali because this is around the time of reports where Seamus' spinal stenosis came out and thought that he was going to have to imminently retire. But I remember turning to Ali, we both just went, yeah, he's, he's done. Like, he obviously can't wrestle, because they've given him two seconds, although he did have a, title, a tag title match later on that night. Um, but yeah, how wrong we were. <laughs> he's still knocking about for a year long. Yeah, that was a great moment. He's taking him out, he's celebrating in the ring, and then Bright Wire just hits him in Sister Abigail and takes him out. Um, Apollo Crews comes in and the crowd boo the shit out of Apollo Crews for some reason <laughs> he, was, he was part of Titus Worldwide at this point but he wasn't a heel nobody cared <laughs> I don't know why they booed him oh, Apollo boos 
a huge reaction for him but I wasn't expecting him to be booed that <laughs> loudly um, yeah Philly, Philly not a big fan of Bollock Cruz <laughs> you know who does get a huge pop though the next entrant Shinsuke Nakamura he comes in at number 14 which is quite relatively early um, didn't one of us have this as um, so this is one of the things that made this rumble really good was that we obviously had three we picked three different people to win um, and three of our all three of our predictions were in the final four so you picked Roman Reigns Matt I think Ali picked Nakamura and I picked Finn Balor so when Finn Balor came in at number two I was like well fuck <laughs> then he ended up getting to the final four so uh, that, that and also being kind of tipsy helps you get really invested into a rumble match yeah, but didn't we have it as I'm sure we won money won money on a quiz I don't know if we won money uh, on a quiz we won money the year in 2019 uh, I knew we'd won something that was a good we won some money um, so at this point when Nakamura comes in there's 10 men in the ring and I actually quite like that at, at least at one point in the rumble when it's quite crowded there's a lot of people in there um, like Sometimes it's good when you kind of have one or two in at a time and they're constantly chucking each other out and all that kind of stuff. But I like also when there is a bit of crowding going on um, and especially when someone comes in and then clears house because it makes them look awesome. Um, Michael Cole was at his worst for stats in, in this in this match. Like within half, within half a second of someone's music hits, he's given stats about them. Like just give it a second to breathe and at least... Imagine, at least pretend you're trying to find your notes for that person. Or Wait something. till they get in the ring. Yeah, just give, just make it a bit more real. Life. It was it was it was Kofi Kingston before um, before you hear Big E saying it's a new day. Yes, it is. Michael Cole's words. Oh, this is incredible. This is Kofi Kingston's twelfth Royal Roll or something like that. I was like, how you don't know that off the top of your head, and you wouldn't know it in zero point five seconds of of hearing his music. Here. It's just it pissed me off. Um, and he also did that thing where he calls Shinsuke Shin all night. And, uh, I wonder if Nakamura calls him Mike. Probably not. He probably doesn't talk to him. <laughs> yeah, he's not good. Maybe the fuck does. In comes Seth Rollins with, with Burn It Down. A huge reaction. Forgot, like, how cool that was. Um... And then this is also the scene. So what we what we became accustomed to throughout the 2010s was incredible survivals by the likes of John Morrison and Kofi Kingston, and then subsequently Naomi as well. Um, can anyone remember Kofi Kingston's wine this year? Was it the big uh, one? The big E one, or where he was on his shoulders? Yeah. No, that was, was, couple, that was 2016. Ali, do you remember? No, that was years ago. Um, this one was, um, so Jinder comes in, he eliminates Xavier, he eliminates Big E, he eliminates Kofi, or so you think. Um, this is like two or three minutes after Xavier's been eliminated, but Kofi's foot lands on Xavier's chest. Xavier's like, no, you're not going out like this, you're not going out like this. And Big E comes out of a plate of pancakes. <laughs> they put his foot on the pancakes, so he's only got one foot touching the ground. 
and then they do a gymnastics lift where they jump all the way from the floor outside the ring all the way into the ring over over Jinder. It's Jinder with a um, trouble in paradise and eliminates him. It was insane. I'm going to put it out there. Don't lie that. <laughs> it's very gimmicky. It's not a spirit competition. It's very silly. No, it's not. No. But no, I don't mind seeing it. Like seeing it once is unique, but then like yeah, every when, year, when they make are... it like when you expect something, and you've got to try and top it every year and stuff. And you've had him like run, jump from the barricade. He's done a handstand walk all the way. He's like uh, he's done some crazy things. And I think yeah, like, like last year he didn't do one, but he just got chucked out by Lesnar. Well, this year he's going to be pre-recorded, so he's going to jump from gorilla position all the way through. Well, he's not in it this He'll year. Run. Got broken jaw. No. Mm. He's not in it. Um, I don't know his replacement is, Matt. You know, if you were watching these days. Uh, yeah, I haven't watched for a long time. Replacement is uh, Ali. Mustafa Ali. Ali's his replacement. Oh. You know, but nice little callback to the uh, start of Cookie Mania. Oh, uh, yes. So, yeah, that's, that's the story that they're going for at the moment. Is He's going after the New Day. Um, Kofi's injured at the moment and wants to make Kofi feel how he felt when he missed out on his supposed title match. Uh, Xavier Woods getting his ass kicked every week. Now. <laughs> yeah. um, so, back to, my, back to 2018 quickly. John Cena comes in at 20. Um, this, this match has got quite the star power in it, but he comes in. Because um, the, the, the field is cleared out a bit at this point. He comes in, he's surrounded by Finn Balor, Rollins, Elias, Shinsuke and Andrade. They all circle him and beat him up and the crowd go nuts, which was uh, good to see. Um, good to see. Hurricane in at 21 for some reason. The crowd go nuts, but he's eliminated by Cena very quickly. Um, Adam Cole in at number three. Crowd, uh, at number 23. crowd goes nuts again. Um, Orton in at 24. Another big name. He eliminates Almas, um, and the marks boo it, as if that was a bad thing to get eliminated by 13, 14-time world champion. And then, one of the things that I, I forgot that this was a thing at the time, and completely didn't expect it at the time, Rey Mysterio returned at number 27 and looked phenomenal. Yeah. Crowd go insane. I fucking hate Rey Mysterio. Yeah, I don't, but... There must there must have been a part of you like at that time because there was I don't no because I fucking hate Rey Mysterio I've never liked Rey Mysterio I don't even recall cause it's hard to get like hundred percent shocked by wrestling I don't ever even recall seeing a, a thing on Twitter or anything saying Rey Mysterio reportedly in talks or anything like that and when that was really I was so I was well shocked and yeah he came out he was in great shape. Um, he eliminates Adam Cole, which, to be fair, I bet Adam Cole was buzzing about <laughs> being someone who I'm sure was a huge fan. Um, Roman Reigns in at number 28, and the crowd hates Roman Reigns. <laughs> like, it's funny, it's, like, you, it's easy to forget, not that I forgot um, when there's no crowd, but it's easy to forget just how off, how much of the crowd would boo him, especially when you're in an area like Philly. I can't believe how much in one year he went from the crowd wanting him to win to the crowd shitting all over him. It's insane. And when you think about his... That's not Daniel Bryan would say. And when you think about his Rumble record as well, in 2014 he was runner-up. 
2015, he won. 2016, he came third. 2017, he was runner-up. 2018, he was runner-up. In 2020, he was runner-up. I can't remember what he did in 2019. But it's insane. Oh, yeah, leukemia. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, leukemia. He was yeah. Um, but yeah, his rumble record in the match is insane, as well as also then uh, as holding the then record for the most eliminations. Well, I think it might still be the record. It is. Uh, actually, no, Ron Lesnar broke it last year. Lesnar got 13. I think, I think Ronnie's got 12. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, don't count Braun Strowman in the greatest Royal Rumble. Nobody does. Especially when there's 50 people. But anyway, um, he, he eliminates Seth Rollins, does Roman Reigns. And there's a bit of a, a, bit, a bit of a turn, and Seth Rollins is like, "Oh, you naughty!" <laughs> <laughs> did he go with the accent as well? Did he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, so cameras picked up. Um, it was difficult to see though, because Kevin Dunn cut away and cut back to it about sixteen times. <laughs> um, then we get the big number thirty. Crowd counting down. Everyone's excited. Who's it going to be? Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Fucking Dolph Ziggler. Back in December, prior had won the United States Championship and went, mm, I don't want this, and retired. Um, so, eventually he gets checked out. Uh, the final six are Fala, Reigns, Nakamura, and Cena, Orton, and Mysterio. And you get a standoff between new and old, basically, which I thought was a really cool story. Yeah, you've got these three legends, basically, and two indie darlings and Roman Reigns. Um, it was quite a cool story. Randy gets chucked out, Ray gets chucked out. Um, then you have indie faves versus Vince faves of Cena and Reigns kind of teaming up against Balor and Nakamura. It's been a while since I've Oh, yeah, it was great. The crowd was ridiculous. Um, especially when Cena and Cena and Reigns, whenever they would have a moment where they'd have a stare off or whatever, the crowd just go, "You both suck." <laughs> <laughs> they weren't, they weren't having it. Um, but it's been a while since I've watched the Cena match, and I, re- I kind of forgot just how bad his spot calling can be sometimes. Um, Never watch one of his matches on headphones. Yeah, yeah. It, it's really frustrating to me because um, he, he doesn't try and hide it or cover it up, and he's so loud. Um, Balor gets chucked out I 57 found, minutes. No, go on, sorry. I found out in the 90s as well. Like, I didn't, you never, like, I never knew what it was when I was a kid, spot coin. But if you listen to it through headphones now, you can go, yeah, throw me out now. You're like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently one of the, one of the many exactly. reasons why they have long hair is so it's easier to cover their faces when they're on a spot call. Um, but yeah, Balor gets chucked out by Cena, which the crowd hate. Uh, Nakamura eliminates Cena, which the crowd love. <laughs> and then Roman and Shinsuke, I think, were the perfect final two for this because you could see either one of them viably winning, realistically winning. Um, and they went for a good a good five minutes nearly um, of just the final two. And I love a final two that goes a while and feels like a match where you kind of forget a little bit that it's about chucking each other out rather than pinning or anything like that. Um, and then there's a really good final sequence where Roman goes for a spear and um, Shinsuke or he, Shinsuke ducks it or, or whatever and then he hits the Kinshasa and picks him up chucks it out crowd go insane and then challenges AJ Styles right there and then which was the match that at the time everybody wanted um, and yeah I just thought from start to finish I don't remember it being that great though 
they're the main the other. Oh, yeah. The main, forget the subsequent um, matches that came from that, but the Royal Rumble match itself, I thought that that year was, from start to finish, really, just really strong and had a really good thread going all the way through it. Um, a winner that almost everybody wanted, um, which was one of the first times that happened in quite a while, because <laughs> um, they, they seem to... They seem to go, oh, you want so-and-so to win? They're not even going to be in it. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's a very, very strong rumble and definitely one of my favourites of, of all time, um, let alone just of that decade. So that's my, my pick. Good pick. I mean, uh, my memories of it, uh, I've always said you were describing the atmosphere at the end being so amazing for the, for the final four, specifically the final two. And just the sheer relief of Shinsuke eliminating Roman yeah, was enough. It was that, that, the atmosphere in that bar was so tense. Every time they went near the ropes, it was like, don't you fucking dare, don't you fucking dare. <laughs> <laughs> don't you dare win. And then I remember resigning myself to the point going, I bet they're going to do it. They're going to do it, aren't they? Yeah. I think there was people in the bar who they were almost like head in hands. Like, oh, they're going to make Reigns win again. Like, oh, it's just the worst thing that could ever possibly happen. And if it's just case to win out of that, it was a uh, yeah, it was certainly a memorable night. Yeah, great night overall. Uh, good memories, good laugh. Probably the last time I went to a bar. <laughs> Feels like it anyway. Um, but yeah, so those, those are our three uh, rumbles across the decades. Um, let us know what ones a what one of ours you think is the best, and also if you've got any others that we haven't mentioned. Um, it'd be good to hear your thoughts and opinions on it. I wish you're wrong, but we'll listen. <laughs> we'll listen. Yeah, we'll listen, but you're wrong. <laughs> Market is red. Uh, <laughs> We're the experts here. Again, uh, so, okay. experts. So, we, we've done a bit of a chat about World Rumbles of the past and conscious of time, obviously. But I think at this point, we should. Acknowledge Pat Patterson. Yes, definitely. Very topical. The supposed creator of, of the Royal Rumble concept, the Royal Rumble, Royal Rumble match, unfortunately passed away earlier this year. Uh, not this year, late last year, um, I think. I can't even remember. I don't know what time it is anymore. Um, I think it was December, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Just before Christmas, I think. Um, it's obviously a shame. Um like nothing but but kind words from people um, people who worked with him over the years um, massive shout out to old, old Pat for creating my, my favourite match type yeah that's an absolute genius idea genius and um, was poo pooed by Vince those things were you can get an idea through Vince and it become a success despite his protestation that you know yeah, sorry, right. So much so, so, right. so much so when Vince decides to make himself win it. That's the that's the um, that's so power, power move. Um, but yeah, so we we've discussed Royal Rumbles of the past. Um, what we're going to move on now for the rest of the show. We'll move on to is the Royal Rumble coming up in just a couple of days at this point. Um, so we've only got one show left between now and the Royal Rumble, that being SmackDown. We've also got NXT, but 
bit busy at the moment. Um, so what I wanted to do was, I'm not going to go through predictions of the whole Rumble card. I just wanted to make some specific predictions about the Royal Rumble match itself. Both Royal Rumble matches. Um, so I've got about about 10, 10 or 11 possible points that we can get. Um, and I just wanted to... Are we not picking uh, numbers out of the hat? Well, we're not going to make you it... You forgot that hat, didn't you? We're not going to make it random. <laughs> you forgot a hat, man. <laughs> got no fucking paper, though. So basically what... I, I mean, I can pick, I can pick them out. <laughs> Ali, you've got number one. Hey, you've got number two. <laughs> So, Give yourself number 27 by any chance. <laughs> yeah, 27 is mine. Uh, right. Anyway, no, we're not doing random numbers out of a hat wall. I'll touch on the numbers, the numbers in a bit. Um, what, I, what I have done is, um, I, when I should have been working today, I spent a while basically going through the last 10 or technically 9 uh, Royal Rumble matches, determining what number the winner came in at, how long they were in it, what number the Iron Man or woman came in at, how long they were in it, what the maximum number of eliminations were, and then figuring out averages to try and maybe influence my decisions. I just spent all that time trying to influence my decisions with the statistics and then just went against them when making my predictions, so it's a bit of a waste of time. <laughs> um, but uh, in case you're interested, the average entry entrant of the last nine winners is 20 for the men. 22 for the uh, 23 for the women so about 22 in total um there's a bit of difference between the entrant numbers of the iron men and iron women um the last two years the the, the iron men has been the winner so drew mcintyre and seth rollins both at 16 and 10 respectively but before that it was either two one or five um which is no surprise really for the women, Iron Man has either been number one or number two for every Royal Rumble match, which is only three, but could be an indication of where they're going to go this year. Um, will... Usually the women's doesn't last as long as the men's, does it? Not quite. Well, what's quite interesting is when you look at the average Iron Man time um, for so for the men of the last nine Rumbles, the average Iron Man time is 49 minutes and 35 seconds, where for the women, it's 48 minutes and 45 seconds. So only a 50 second difference. Um, and the average number of max eliminations in a one match for men is seven, and for women, it's six. So quite similar, similarly booked, really, in a way. Um, so what I, wanted, what I wanted to do our predictions on was, so I'll, I'll make a start now. In, we'll start with the women's match. Who do you think is going to get the most eliminations? Shayna Baszler. Okay, I'm going to fill these in. There we go. Match. I would be tempted to go with Bianca Belair. Good job. You'd be tempted to go with Bianca Belair, or are you going? Yeah, I'll, I'll go with Bianca Belair. <laughs> okay. I'm. I'm torn between two. Um, I was torn between Nia Jax, to be fair. I initially fought Nia Jax, but I thought usually... I love to at each other. Yeah. And and, and usually uh, someone who eliminates the most amount of people tends to be in it for a while. 
for the most part. Yeah, maybe she's not gonna. I can't imagine they'll put her in anywhere after like anywhere before like twenty five or something. Um, so the the per, the two that I was debating between was Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley. But for I don't think she's been seen in NXT since New Year's Evil. I don't think. Which would give them three weeks of her uh, maybe quarantining or doing whatever the logistics is behind the COVID protocols. Um, and she's of a big enough stature physically and athletically to be the kind of person who could come in quite early and eliminate a lot of the Dana Brooks and stuff. <laughs> um, so I was torn between the two. Um, I've decided to go for Rhea Ripley in the end. Um, it's a bit of a gamble because. We know that Bianca is in it, and we don't know for sure whether Rhea will be, but I think it's only a matter of time, really, because I don't think there's anything left for her in NXT. Um, so that is my my choice. Um, so we've got three different ones there. The next one, sticking with the women, is what, what will be the maximum number of eliminations by one person? So it doesn't have to be by that person that you picked to be the most to the most people but just what is the number who you think that you think will be the, the most and, and this is based on absolutely zero research or facts but I imagine the amount the, top, the record for eliminations in the women's is lower than the men's um, fairly significantly the record last the record was held is, was gained last year by both Bianca and um, Shayna who eliminated eight each Bianca came yeah. in at number two and did and eliminated eight, whereas Shayna came in at like 27, something like that, and just eight clean the house. So eight for the women, um, which to be fair, for the men, only only twice in the last nine years has gone above seven. I'm going to go nine for the women. Nine, interesting. I'm kind of thinking that we're not going to see a record set this year, so I think I think I would go with seven. Seven, okay. Well, I've gone for six. Um because, yeah, I, I'm, I can't agree with you. I think like, six is a good amount, um, six, seven, around about that area. But I don't think, yeah, we'll see any records because there's not any particular clear standout, like favourite or anyone like that. You'd imagine maybe someone like Nia Jax normally, but the big people never tend to do well in a rumble. So, yeah, um, so yeah. Most of Kane in 2001. Moving Moving on to the men, so we've got the same for men. So who do you think will? So we're not going to go winner. Well, we'll, we'll, well there's, there's a whole bunch of things. I'm going to alternate between women and men throughout. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, the next one is the same two questions, but for men. So who's going to get the most eliminations, and, and what number will that be? Um, you'll still get the point for say Ali predicted seven. If it is seven, but it's done by someone who isn't Bianca Belair, you'll still get that one point. So they don't have to be by that person. So for for the for the most eliminations for men, again I was torn between two. Um, I was torn between Keith Lee and Bobby Lashley. Now I've gone for a bit of a gamble this time, and I've decided to go for Bobby Lashley. But I think it would be a really good idea for them to make him look as good as they can as United States champion. Um, they've been kind of building him up that he's he's the one from the Hurt businesses in the Rumble assuming the others aren't I don't know if it makes sense if they work then they can team up but yeah I've gone for Bobby Lashley and I've gone for seven for the men I'll go eight Keith Lee then I was going to go Bobby Lashley but I'll go Keith Lee yeah Bobby Lashley was it was my first four because I was looking through the list and I was like I have no idea who, who it would be 
And Keith Lee at the moment isn't confirmed for it, at least not according to the, the, the list on Wikipedia. Um, but I, he surely will be. So, um, yeah, I reckon he'd be a good shout to hold in the record this year. I think uh, in the interest of going for someone different uh, than you guys, because Bobby Lashley probably would have been my first choice as well. <laughs> uh, those eliminations. It's a tough one. I mean, there's, there's quite a few choices to be fair. It's very unpredictable, Chris Rumble. I think Randy Orton's a choice. Um, Randy tends to do well with eliminations. He never gets a record, but he tends to always kind of get around five, six. Tends to do well. Um, is it a stretch to say that maybe Braun Strowman will be back by then? Essentially, I've got no idea what's going on with Strowman at the moment. I, I don't know if he's injured, if he's just taking time off. They haven't mentioned him in a while. I can't even remember the last time we saw him. Um, so I can imagine he'll be there. Yeah, I think. It's a gamble, but it could be one that, that pays okay. off. I'm going to gamble. I'm going to go Braun. Okay, so you're going Braun, Strowman, and how how many do you think he or someone else will get? Ten. Ten. Yeah. Interesting. So you've gone for the left field choice and also the most amount of nominations, so it could, could pay off hugely. It might backfire massively. We Probably it will spectacularly fail, but yeah. <laughs> That's the fun of the rubble. So, moving on uh, next to the Iron Woman category. So, the three three, um, things to predict here are who the Iron Woman is, um, what number the Iron Woman will come in at. So, it doesn't have to be what number your person is coming in at, just what number the overall Iron Woman is going to be. And then, how long said Iron Woman will uh, Iron Woman will last? Whoever gets close, wait, this is whoever gets it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be exact, but whoever gets closest will get the point for that. So first okay. off, Matt, who who do you think your Iron Woman is going to be? Bianca Belair. Fair enough. She'll come in at number one. Number one, you reckon? Do you reckon she's coming yeah. in at this, this is important. Do you reckon she's coming in at number one? So is, is that your Iron Woman entry number prediction? Yes. Okay. Oh, hold on. Have, we, have they not just done this yet? It's on Saturday. They're announcing number one and two for the women on backstage, and they're announcing number 30 for the men's rumble, which is just ridiculous. Oh, well, fuck. Yeah, go for it. Fuck it. So you're going to have to be a Bianca Blair, number one. Just on the dot. I've got. I'm going for seconds as well. Forty-eight, thirty-seven. Forty-eight, thirty-seven. I mean, if one of us predicts it, bang on. Okay, I've I've decided to go for Bailey. Um, <laughs> I thought they they they're, they're very keen on Bailey. She's a veteran that. Uh, of this, that tends to be the kind of person that I have to go through a rumble match. Um, I've gone for Bailey, but I've not gone so early. I've gone for the Iron Woman will come in at number eight, uh, and they're 
duration will be 34 minutes and 16 seconds. I reckon Bailey will be the kind of person she'll come in at eight, get a couple of eliminations, a fair amount, and we'll get to probably about the final four-ish. Um, so, yeah, 34 minutes, and so not quite as long as that, but, um, yeah, Bailey and, and, and at number eight. Well, I'm, I'm not changing my mind on this one. I'm definitely going Bailey. Sure, I, I reckon she's coming in at number four, and she's lasting 42 minutes and 10 seconds. <laughs> that was very quick. And yeah, I can't think about it. Yeah, it was, I, for, for me, when I was picking Bailey, it was either going to be something like 8, 9, 10, or 3 or 4. Um, but I decided I could picture her coming in a bit later on and kind of picking up a bit of scraps rather than um, fighting in valiantly, um, as, a, as a baby face might. Um, so yeah, that, that, that is our prediction for the Iron Woman. Now we move on to the Iron Man. Same three questions, um, same three picks. Uh, Ali, who are you going for for Iron Man? I Iron imagine, Man. to be fair, I think we might all pick the same person. Well, to be fair, I can't really think of anybody to pick for this one. Lament is so difficult. Um, I mean, I mean, I reckon, although he's getting on a bit, I'm going to go with AJ. Um, and I reckon he'll come in probably seven. And I think it won't, I don't think anyone will last massively long, but I reckon he'll be in there for 39 minutes. On the dot? Yes, on the dot, yeah. Okay, 39 minutes on the dot. Um, I've, I've decided to go for Daniel Bryan. Fuck you! Done it once before. Daniel Bryan in around number I've five. I've fucked him before. <laughs> Contrary <laughs> to what they might say. This is rumours. Dirt sheet. Uh, <laughs> um... Daniel Bryan in at number five for for forty seven minutes and thirty eight seconds is what I've gone for. I think Daniel, Daniel Bryan six <laughs> forty three minutes thirty two. Daniel Bryan at six forty three minutes thirty two. Yeah, I think they made a big deal about him being in it. Um, I don't see him winning it. I don't see him wanting to win it in in real life. I think he. He's the kind of guy who wants to give that opportunity to others. Um, so, yeah, I think Danny Bryan as an Iron Man is a very good option, especially based off what he did in the Greatest Royal Rumble, where he always got his chest split open. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Daniel Bryan or AJ Styles is a good shout. They're the kind of men you'd expect, so we shall see. Now, this is where it gets slightly more interesting. We're going to go. We're going to move on to winners now, but we're not going to pick just yet person what we're going to do is we're going to pick you get three choices of what number the winner is going to come in at you have to pick one number between one and ten one between eleven and twenty and one between twenty one and thirty and okay matt, I've got one. matt we'll start with you um, so i've got seven okay seventeen Twenty-seven. <laughs> wait for for men or women. Both. Both. 
enough. Um, I, I did consider making, I did consider making it um, so like no, no one of us could pick the same number. But then I thought we'd just get too complicated to keep up on. Um, and so, whoever goes last gets the done deal. Well, yeah, exactly. So I'll allow it. Um, Ali, what? Who, do you want to, are you going to go for separate mem- numbers for men and women, or do you want to group them together? Yeah, I'll go separate. I think for men, I'm going to go uh, 9, 18, and 23. Are you having a fucking laugh? Those are the exact same three numbers. That <laughs> <I have. laughs> Wait, was that, was that for men or women? That was for men. Oh, okay, that's fine. I picked that for women. Uh, so for women, I'm going to go 9, 18, and 23. <laughs> <laughs> No, you're bloody well not. Uh, no, I'm going to go for women. I would go 10. 10? If that counts. No. So yes. yes, it does, yeah. Um, 16, 20, 30, <laughs> and 29. 29. Interesting, okay. So what I've gone for for the women is 9, 18, and 23. As established, and for the men, I've gone for 7, 15, and 21. Is I go as I mentioned, the average winner for the men over the last nine years is coming at 20. So, not quite as late as you would expect. The latest winner that we've had was back in 2014 when Batista won at 28. Actually, no, Triple H won in 2016 at 30. So, it does happen, but uh, I'm not convinced this year. Um, although it will completely depend on who they announce will uh, be at 30. Number 30, I yeah. still can't believe yeah. they're doing. So frustrating. And it's going to be completely unavoidable as well, because all the way throughout the pay-per-view, they're just going to remind you of so-and-so is coming in at 30. It's be. Um, so, yeah. Uh, now we're moving on to our final predictions of the night. Final predictions of the pay-per-view, final predictions of the Rumble matches themselves. Who do you pick to win both Royal Rumble matches? I've got one. Yeah. Keith Lee for the men's. Okay. I'm Rhea Ripley for the women's. Interesting. Ali, do you have yours lined up? Or do you want me to... Want me to... Uh, I've got one woman. Women's one. I'm going to go with Bailey to win the Women's Royal Rumble. I just think Bailey versus Sasha at WrestleMania makes a lot of sense. Easy. Um, and for the men, not so easy to pick. Um, it's a difficult one. I think WWE might try and throw a curveball in there as well. Um, I don't know. Yeah, we heard the reports today about a scary ending. We don't know what the meaning of the word scary is in this context. So, uh, you know, it could be the theme. Could be someone like Brock Lesnar, you never know. Um, but just for argument's sake, I mean, I've been saying it for a while. Sasha, I don't think Bobby Lashley's going to win the Royal Rumble, but I feel like it's a good chance. Um, I think it's going to be a broad guy, and as such, I'm going to go with AJ Styles. Interesting choice. I think it's a, it's a decent choice. Good shout. He's been on good form. Uh, good form lately. I think he's like. Will his bodyguard be in it? No. Nah. won't be in here or there. So at least he'll get eliminated. I was going to say, I wouldn't be surprised if he captures him on the outside or something like that. Um, he's yeah. probably the least confident, I 
So this is the thing for me. I'm yet I'm yet to decide. For my women, for my women, uh, women's uh, winner, I've gone for Bianca Belair because I think she's got pretty good momentum. They've just done it a chronicle on her. Um, the people want to see her and Sasha at Mania. I don't really see. I didn't really consider Rhea Ripley until now. Um, I'm finding it hard to see anyone else. Bailey, I think if ever they were going to let a heel win, it would be this year when there's no crowd. So. Not bad shout. Um, as Ali was talking about his men's winner, I kind of made up my mind when you were talking about the whole scary report that's going around. I don't think it's scary as in spooky scary. I don't think it's scary as in the way an elimination will happen is scary, like a scary bump or something like that. What I think is going to happen is... Drew McIntyre beats Goldberg. Goldberg. If this happens, if this happens, I will literally never watch wrestling again. And Goldberg wins the Rumble and challenges Roman Reigns to make up for not having their match at last year's Mania. If this happens, you will not see me back on this podcast. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have picked this until this, this supposed scary... Um, Scary finish report coming out today. I don't know who I would have gone for. I was having a look through the list of people and you could go for Daniel Bryan. Like I said, I don't think he would want to win it. Same goes for Edge. So Edge is, being, is, is in the rubble this year, but I, I would like to imagine that he, if he had any say in it, he would say, I don't have any title match. Save it for someone else. Just put me in a good program. Um, Whereas Goldberg's like, no, fuck that. Give me the title. <laughs> um, he can, he can come, in, come in at number, well, probably not number 30 if they're going to announce it, but he can come in late on at 29. Headbutt all four of the ring posts. Concuss himself out on the outside and eventually work his way in um, to the ring. Yeah. He'll, he'll eliminate someone by actually killing them by accident. Um, oh, so, you know, if he wins by... I am not watching wrestling every year. Yeah, you will. As much as I would hate him to win it, I'm quite happy for him to be in it as long as I get to see him versus Riddle at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And Riddle just absolutely abuses him. <laughs> I don't think they'd let that happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, really difficult rubble to predict. I'm enjoying it. Um, the, the, the idea of not being able to predict who's going to win it. I'm now massively dreading it, um, and include, including the title match. I, it's been a long time since I've dreaded a title match so much, because um, I can so easily see them going for for Goldberg again. Um, be it yeah, they've got no crowd, so they can do what they want. Whether he beats McIntyre or whether he wins the Rumble, so. And it surprised me anymore with Goldberg and WWE's booking of him. I mean, I was. I, was fairly certain he wasn't going to be defeated uh, or whatever it was and he did so anything can happen yeah um, so yeah on that scary note <laughs> I, I think we uh, can wrap up our our return how'd it go you reckon it went alright the second coming yeah hey. um, happy Valentine's Day 
Yeah, I thought it was okay. I think I did, did an alright job. I think we all, we all gone pretty swimmingly until we'll have a look at the I mean, have a look at I the did, audio and find out nothing recorded. I didn't mention it before, but I'll never get a team of hosts, so fuck you guys. You can have the next never one if you want. We'll never rotate even been it. Asked, people. Never even been asked. We, I has asked in the past, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Only when he can be asked. Well, like when, when Ali was away and we did the lost episodes of just me and you that never made it till uh, now. The lost episodes were really good. They were. The lost episodes, you're supposed to record it. Technical difficulties. <laughs> yeah, we had two, really two, good episodes. I mean, two weeks in a row that happened. It was unprecedented, you might say, in these times. Um, but yeah, so. Um, if, yeah, if you ever do feel like hosting someone, if you come up with an idea that you want to. Um, that you want to host then just jump on let's go for it um, that's, that's that for this week's installment of the PWP the People's Wrestling Podcast so um, I'm going to be changing things up a little bit going forward um, previously we were just doing kind of reviews of the Raw and Smackdowns and the pay-per-views and all that kind of stuff we'll stick with the previews and reviews of pay-per-views but um, we'll Fuck gonna... Raw and Smackdown yeah, it's too much to, to do every week, and sometimes it's just not worth talking about. No, exactly. So we're going to be introducing some new ideas. Um, what we're going to do next week? Just a little, um, a little tease. tease to to keep you interested. So obviously we'll 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 record our quick uh, more rumble reaction. Um, but we're also going to what we're going to do and this will be news to both of you although we have previously discussed it is we'll do a PWP out of the hat so what that means is we will pick completely at random at the start of the episode so none of us none of us will know going in what we're going to be talking about we'll pick a wrestler or a theme or a pay-per-view or literally anything to do with wrestling pick it out of a hat talk about it for a while it might be one thing over the course of one episode, depending on how much we've got to say. It might be multiple things, which I think might be quite fun. Not having... If it's The Rock, we've got so much to talk about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I've got, I've got some good ones I reckon I can add, add to that. So yeah, I think during during the week, if we all stick some random things into our hat, some kind of online generator, I guess, I and mean, maybe we can all see it. Um, or we'll use Matt's actual physical hats that, that he owns, because I don't own any. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah if that doesn't uh, titillate you enough um, I don't know what will so um, exactly so uh, yeah so tune in next week for that um, and also tune in at some point earlier in the week for our Royal Rumble reaction where we might maybe be seeing the end of Matt as a wrestling fan as we know it um, so I'm not coming on I'm telling you that if that happens I'm not coming on we'll just have a pre-recorded video from Matt just saying his goodbyes <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes like I said that's the end of the show thank you very much for listening or watching um, whatever platform you're using um, don't forget to subscribe to our, our YouTube at the People's Wrestling Podcast or you know, like, like and subscribe that thing yeah I'll, I'll try and edit some things in I've, I've not done it before so I might just leave it just as it is um, wait a minute Obviously, you can you can find us on um, Spotify, iTunes, or SoundCloud um, at 
the PWP or the People's Wrestling Podcast. You'll find us at both. Um, you can find me personally on Twitter at Aiden Bunker. You can also find us as a whole on Twitter at the underscore PWP. Same with Instagram, which I'm trying to revive, but I keep forgetting. Um, Ali, where do they, if they want to find you personally on Twitter? Uh, Ali Bunker 88. Ali Bunker 88 and Matt? Oh, fuck. Uh, the bear and bummy, yeah. Yeah, this, this started out as a, as, a, <laughs> as a gimmick where Matt would forget his, his uh, Twitter handle. Yeah. It's very, very much a real myself, thing. So... Play that for another episode. Um, so yeah, like I said, thanks for joining us, and we will see you next time.